there's some specific questions that our listeners asked us to ask you, Willard. And since you're here and we rarely get the opportunity to talk to you, I thought I'd take the, the chance to just ask these questions. Yeah. So these are very specific. Section 5.5 of the Merger Assessment Guidelines provides that the CCC will send member states a summary of the merger, including relevant information provided in the notification. What is the practical scope of the information sharing between the CCC and the member state? Can the member state demand additional, more detailed information from the CCC other than the summary provided? And how are these issues of confidentiality dealt with? Okay. The practical scope uh, generally is uh, provided for in what we call the exhibit uh, A uh, of the of the uh, major notification form. So that one will give us the detailed uh, uh, nature of the transaction, who are the parties, how do they operate and uh, by under what names in the member states and stuff like that. So that is what we will uh, in principle share with uh, with the member states. Uh, then you ask the question, can they uh, then get back to the triple C and request for more detailed information? Yes, they can do that as long as uh, we are agreeable uh, that the information they are looking for will assist them in, in uh, making an informed view that they will then share with us on the transaction. We can do that. Uh, in terms of practice, uh, it has almost always been the case that uh, the, sum the summary that we send them is detailed, but we've had some exceptions where a member state indeed has come back and asked for more information. Will you go back to the parties if the information is um, more than than what is uh, deemed confidential? Uh, yes. We, in most cases, we would have the information ourselves because remember the parties submit uh, quite a lot of information with us. But as you've rightly stated, what summary to the member states? So in most cases, we would have the information ourselves. So if they ask for more, we can give. Uh, the summary is only to our understanding. Uh, the summary actually gives them the basis for making an informed view. But while they think they need more information, and if we have it uh, with us, we, we will give it to them. If we don't have it, indeed, we'll get back to the parties. If we see there is merit in the information that they are looking for, because we just don't want to bore and burden the parties with uh, information that is irrelevant. So if there is merit in the information that they are looking for, and we do not have that information, indeed we'll contact the parties. But we've talked about confidentiality. So the information that is submitted to the triple C as confidential remains confidential with the triple C and is not shared with any national competition authority in general terms. Okay, so once the information has been submitted as confidential, it is confidential and we will not share it. However, the information that is submitted as confidential may be uh, pertinent information that the National Competition Authority may be looking for to help us have a, uh, a clear yeah. view of the transaction in that country. So we will then get back to the main party. So we will never blatantly disregard and breach that confidentiality by behind the scenes giving the information to the member states. No, we, we've always gone back to the parties, tried to justify to them uh, to uh, why we need a waiver on that confidentiality so that we share it with the member states. And in most cases, it has gone very well. The parties have waived the uh, confidentiality to the extent that that information will still remain confidential 
when it is given to the national competition authorities they'll only use it for purposes of the of the uh, assessment okay. so that's how we've okay. gone around that okay cool um on the point of uh, referring uh, information to the national re- regulator sometimes mm-hmm. information the national regulator will ask for information or ask for the matter to be referred to them as opposed to Kamasa. How do you deal with that and how what happens in the situation where the CCC refuses to or does not agree to the referral? Yeah, the referral is provided for under Article 24.8, if I'm not mistaken, under Article 24.8 of the regulations, where it becomes clear that a transaction, if, if implemented, is likely to have a disproportionate effect in that particular member states relative to the rest of the common market. So if it is the case that uh, this transaction will affect Kenya significantly more than the rest of the common market, Kenya can ask for that referral, right? And if uh, that referral is not given uh, simply as, as, as that or easily as that, there are certain criteria we look at and Kenya has to satisfy, I'm using Kenya as an example, Kenya has to satisfy that that criteria is met. Once that criteria is not met, we can reject the referral. If the criteria is met, the referral can be granted uh, only as regard that part of the transaction. So Kenya's law then will apply only to the extent of the assessment. You will not have to pay an additional notification fee in Kenya. Kenyan law only apply to the ex- extent of the assessment and determination of the, of the case with regard to Kenya. The rest yeah. of the common market, the commission will look at that. But in terms of an instance where we reject the referral, then the case remains as it was originally when the transaction was notified that it will only be the triple C that will make a decision on that matter. And the National Competition Authority cannot then uh, independently call for the notification of that transaction. And I assure you that it has never happened. Okay. But we have cool. we have rejected referrals before. Okay, that's good. On the revenue sharing between the National Competition Authority and Comesa, how do those revenue sharing procedures work? Yeah. Um, the aim that you state in the in the revenue sharing rules is to devise an equitable method of sharing revenue generated by merger filings within a common market dimension. Yeah. Some have even classified it as a form of compensation for loss of jurisdiction. How does it work uh, between Comesa and those national regulators? Yeah, that's a good question. It's important to understand in the first place the rationale behind major fees. So the rationale behind major fees, the basic rationale is that those fees should be used in the assessment of the transaction. Okay, so all those investigations we do and undertake, that money, uh, should be used to conduct those assessments. Now, remember, these transactions uh, happen in, in individual member states who collectively form the common market. And the National Competition Authority are a critical piece to this whole uh, system in terms of the, the submissions they make to us. And they only make those submissions after undertaking their own assessments, inquiries, and investigations, uh, as the case may be. So they also expend resources on, on such an exercise. And that is why when the, the rules use the word equitable, that money, the way it is shared, it is pro rata on the amount of turnover the transaction derives in that member state. And the reason, again, is simple. Remember, turnover gives us a proxy on understanding the level of business activity of that undertaking in that member state. The lower the turnover, this is on a case-by-case uh, approach. So what I'm saying is generally what, what uh, 
uh, what it entails. So the higher in turnover may entail that uh, there's more business activity by those undertakings in that member state and there's therefore more scrutiny needed and therefore they will need more, more resources to undertake those inquiries. The lower the turnover in that country, the lower the share of the fee because it is taken that uh, the activities of those transaction uh, emerging parties in that member state are not that significant and probably very few competition concerns may arise and uh, by implication not a comprehensive assessment of the transaction in that country. So it's not really for compensation of jurisdiction, but it is the best method uh, in the absence of uh, a precise scientific criteria. It's the best method that can be used to share the major fees in terms of the work that the national competition authorities will be doing in contributing to the assessment of the commission's case. Okay. Let's turn to now the agreements between um, Comesa and the national regulators. So, for example, uh, Kegel has pretty much uh, agreed to Comesa's jurisdiction in case, uh, except in certain circumstances. Uh, are there other countries that are following suit? Are you currently negotiating um, similar arrangements with other uh, Comesa countries? So when you talk about similar arrangements, uh, you, you refer to CAK, right? In, in, yes, in Kenya. I mean the CAK's jurisdiction. Yeah, uh, yeah so... Comesa. So those those uh, things they put in their guidelines and, and things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it depends. It's uh, it's case by case. Generally, generally, all the member states of Comesa, with the exception of Kenya, at that point, all the member states of Comesa have submitted to the jurisdiction of the Comesa competition regulations. Never heard of a situation where a national competition authority, apart from Kenya, at the beginning, not anymore. I've never heard of a situation where a national competition authority has refused and told the parties notify, unless it was an issue of a misunderstanding on whether commercial jurisdiction was met. But where jurisdiction has been met, I can assure you in Jerry that there is no single member state from uh, inception <laughs> except Kenya in the early days that has uh, um, uh, uh, challenged the jurisdic- jurisdiction of the commission. Other people make mention to Egypt. But in Egypt, that's not the case. When Egypt calls for a notification of a merger, it's not a notification uh, in terms of reviewing the transaction and uh, waiting for determination of a rejection or approval. No, it has got nothing to do with assessment of a merger from a competition law point of view as we know it. Uh, it is something that remains strange even to me. But that is not, it's not major notification for competition approval as we know it that Egypt calls for. No, what I meant was that... that Kenya, you had to file in both jurisdictions, um, and now you don't need to, to file in both jurisdictions. You can just file in Comesa uh, yes. and then notify the CAK. What I mean is, uh, I'll be the only exception with Zambia. You don't even have to file in Zambia. You just do a Comesa application. Are there jurisdictions where you're looking at similar arrangements to that of Kenya, or are, were we the only exception? No, that arrangement is only with Kenya. It's not the case with any other country. But are there and other I countries think, that uh, you're looking at doing similar arrangements? No. Uh, and, and why am I saying no? To me, I think that was an administrative, it was made for purposes of administrative convenience at a in a distinct member state. I think, in all fairness, what CAK was trying to do there was Look, when you notify Comesa, we don't want to be taken by surprise that there's a transaction that is happening in our own country and we were not aware of. 
uh, yeah. we may end up calling for a notification when the transaction has already been notified with Comesa. So please notify with us. So I think it was for convenience, although we still notify all the member states that are affected by transactions. So maybe it's another layer that CAK was trying to add. Oh. But for other countries, no. Okay. Let's talk about um, the membership of Comesa then. We saw in the media that there were reports that Uganda was was threatening to be kicked out of the Comesa because of uh, unfulfilled payments or dues that they owe the Comesa Authority. Uh, commission. Is that correct? And are there any other members who are also under the similar threat? So uh, there again, I want to make it very clear that uh, Comesa is uh, um, a a regional economic uh, block and it has a number of programs under it. And competition is just one of the programs. So it has issues to do with trade, security, investments, and so many other, uh, other programs. So the sanctions you heard about in the papers were the general membership of Uganda to this regional economic community called COMESA. Now, in general, without mentioning Uganda or in any other country, once you are expelled or you are sanctioned, it means you are not part of any COMESA programs anymore, including uh, being party to the COMESA uh, competition regulations, whether by obligation or exercising your rights there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in an instance where a country is uh, expelled and uh, it's a member state of Comesa, it means the regulations are also suspended uh, from application in that country. And if it is a major injury, it means you will have to notify in Comesa. And uh, if you meet the notification criteria in that particular country, you would also have to notify in that country if at all we find ourselves in that unfortunate situation. Are you saying that even if a country leaves the Comesa block, they still have a requirement to notify in Comesa? They will notify with Comesa to the extent that their transaction uh, is implemented in two or more Comesa member states with the exception of the one that has been expelled. If the parties operate in Kenya and Mauritius and Zambia, then along the way, uh, as they come, uh, as they implement their major or as they want to make Zambia has been expelled from Comesa, what would happen is the transaction will still be notified because it involves two Comesa member states, Kenya and Mauritius, but it will now be a burden on the parties because they may have to notify Zambia separately because it's no longer part of Comesa. So that application doesn't cover Zambia or would okay. not cover okay. Zambia. So, yeah. so we no longer be required to file in Uganda if Uganda is indeed expelled. Is that the word? Not really. If Uganda uh, is part of Comesa, and I'm taking you giving it as an example, huh? if Uganda is part of Comesa, you may not need to file in Uganda if that transaction meets Comesa requirements. But if Uganda is expelled from Comesa, actually you may need to file in Comesa for the rest of the Comesa countries that are still members, and then file separately in Uganda because the Comesa application does not then cover Uganda anymore. Understood, understood, understood. Let's talk about um, the African Free Trade Continental uh, Agreement. What is the plan? We've already talked a bit about supranational uh, competition authorities. What is the plan for the cooperation between Comesa and um, the Africa Continental Trade Agreement? I know there's a competition element in that trade agreement. How do you envisage it working? So the first thing is uh, to, to mention is that uh, there is a recognition at the Africa Continental Free Trade uh, Area uh, level yeah. that uh, Comesa, in terms of competition, has done 
quite a lot of work and is advanced compared to the other regional economic uh, communities. So there's that recognition. Okay, that's excellent. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then uh, there's also that uh, recognition and appreciation that uh, the input of Comesa Competition Commission, to be precise, on the issues of competition at the continental level is quite critical. But whether at the Africa continental level we will have a, a supranational competition authority with enforcement powers or just uh, a cooperation mechanism is something that is still in agreement, in, in discussions. Remember, how many countries are in Africa again? 54, 55? 54 have signed. Yeah, somewhere there. So you can imagine that uh, there would be a lot of uh, uh, views that people would submit and uh, the form that they would uh, want to see the competition authority take. There are those that would say, we want a cooperation arrangement, not enforcement at continental level. There are those that would say, well, the cooperation arrangement doesn't work. We've seen in other regional economic communities where they are talking about cooperation, but it simply doesn't work. Let's go for enforcement. So those are things that are still under discussion, but the Comesa Competition Commission is playing a very pivotal role in those discussions, I can assure you. Sorry, uh, Willard, just, just to clarify, how would enforcement work if there wasn't one unified competition regime? How enforcement would work? Yeah, if there was not one regime that that is applicable to all of the members of the uh, the free trade continental agreement. So we will go back to the very same issues we were grappling with when the triple C started, when we had uh, Kenya, for example, saying we don't want to be part of that. We'll go to the situation where uh, notifications and uh, uh, enforcement would, be, would have to take place at national level or at regional level where there are regional economic blocks. So that situation uh, would be a cooperation arrangement. So in okay. terms of cooperation, so enforcement and actual implementation of laws will remain with the individual RECs and uh, national competition authorities. But they'll be cooperating, for example, in terms of uh, defining markets, information requirements, the remedies to, to impose and things like that. So they, it will just be cooperation. And once whatever you are cooperating on is agreeable, you go and do your own enforcement and implementation. So those who are saying this doesn't work, they're saying, look, that one doesn't work because people don't commit to cooperation. That's why others yeah. are saying, let's go for the actual enforcement that the decision is made at this central institution. But it is something that is still very, very far from being settled. So we see how it will go. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Willard, for your time. And we appreciate you uh, uh, answering these additional questions. Um, Thank you so much.